The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. This Monday morning, you may see streaks on the roads. TxDOT pre-treating ahead of this week's possible ice. I saw lots of them on my yeah. drive-in, including Mopac, I-30. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Five all over Austin. Good morning, I'm Erica Brennis. And I'm Tom Miller, meteorologist Kristen Curry, joining us here to give us the latest on the freezing temperatures that we're headed toward. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. Yeah, it is going to be a, a, a rough go when it comes to the next few days here because we are going to be watching for a few of these uh, pockets of ice. Now, at this point, it's almost a guarantee as far as what's going on right now with radar, cloudy skies, but as far as the what the radar is picking up, it's going to be one of those days where we're going to have more on uh that light rain possible and at this point it's it is just light rain but temperatures will drop through the day lady Bird johnson wildflower center camera there in south austin is showing a little bit of mist the problem is as temperatures get colder that mist is likely going to start to get a little bit of the frozen variety so temperatures are going to be in the 20s and 30s 33 georgetown 37 bastrop 32 in Llano, mid to upper 30s down across our southern counties. Hike and bike forecast. Look at the numbers. We get colder through the day as our rain chances increase. This is a bad combination, friends. I'm seeing it. National Weather Service is seeing it. They want you to see it. They have the winter storm warning posted starting 9 a.m. this morning. So this could impact us through most of the day today, certainly by tonight and into Tuesday and Wednesday. One note, though, these northern counties that actually kicks in at 6 a.m. So bottom line, we've got ice to talk about and those cold temperatures and I have everything sorted out for you. Those details coming up in a few minutes. All right, thanks, Kristen. Governor Greg Abbott will provide an update today on Texas's efforts to secure the border. He, along with other state officials, will hold a press conference at 2 this afternoon. They'll be in San Benito along the border. One person is dead and four others are hurt after a shooting at a hookah lounge in northwest Austin over the weekend. This happened on Research Boulevard a little after 10 Saturday night. When officers got there, they found multiple people shot. Austin police saying this was an isolated incident. Some of those injured are now in critical condition. One witness we talked to says most of the people at the lounge were teenagers. There was a couple of them, like, they, they couldn't even talk. They were just like doubled over like hyperventilating crime. Austin police have not released any information about a possible suspect, arrest, or motive. Going in depth here, this is being investigated as Austin's eighth homicide of the year. Last year, there were a total of 71. The record was in 2021 with 88 homicides total. Another shooting over the weekend, this time at a student housing complex in San Marcos, and police say someone fired shots just after midnight. Investigators say it started with a fight during an apartment party at a complex called The Retreat. The shooter hitting two people, both expected to survive. 
Officers haven't arrested anyone yet. It will soon get easier to cut through Gerald. Williamson County will break ground today on the extension of Seabud Stockton Loop. It will run from FM 487 North to CR 305. This is right near Gerald High School. The project is aiming to reduce delays along FM 487. We will soon find out just how many people are homeless in Austin. Over the weekend, more than 800 volunteers took part in a point-in-time count. And this is the first time this has happened since the pandemic, all with the goal of counting how many people are without a place to live. Executive Director of the Ending Community Homelessness Coalition says the count is a requirement every two years from the Federal Office of Housing and Urban Development. The data is put uh, together with all the other point-in-time counts across the country and put in a report to Congress that helps to um, inform Congress of the amount of folks experiencing unsheltered homelessness across the country. Mayor Kirk Watson, Austin City Council members, and former Mayor Steve Adler were among those volunteers. One challenge, volunteers can only count who they see. Under the federal rules, they cannot count people who might be in tents. Looking back, there was a ban on public camping for years. 2019, City Council voted to lift the ban, but in May of 2021, Austin voters brought back the ban. Opponents said the ban would create barriers for people experiencing homelessness and push them out of sight. People who supported the ban said allowing public camping didn't address the root causes of homelessness. What state leaders had to say while weighing in on the classified documents discussion. How a new book is shedding light on the work the University of Texas is doing to help people who stutter. Welcome back. A live look this morning from the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. And we have some slight pockets of drizzle around the area. Kristen has our full forecast and a major change you need to be aware of in just a moment. First of the conversation over how classified documents should be handled now happening in Texas. State leaders met last week looking into this. KXAN's Monica Madden looks at what some say could be adding to the confusion. The timing of this all is very important, coming as the National Archives asked former President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence to again check their personal records for any classified documents. Officials recently discovered classified documents in both President Joe Biden and Pence's possession. The Director of National Intelligence briefed lawmakers on the issue. Here's what Senator Cornyn had to say about the broader issue of handling classified information. Anybody that deals with classified information knows you're not supposed to take it out of secure facilities. And if you do, it's got to be under lock and key and transported between secure facilities. Cornyn also suggested the overclassification of documents might also be part of the problem. And I'll cite the New York Times that says 671 officials can deem information top secret, 817 who can deem information secret. There's no doubt in my mind that overclassification is a, is a problem. On Thursday, the archives sent a letter to representatives of former presidents and former vice presidents extending all the way back to the Ronald Reagan administration. All of this has raised questions, so the archives is wanting to ensure compliance with the Presidential Records Act. That act requires former presidents to have exclusive responsibility for the custody and management of the presidential records of their administration while in office. In Austin, Monica Madden, back to you. 
Still ahead, the advice doctors are giving on what's really necessary when you go get your yearly checkup. A community band needs your help. A trailer with all of its equipment stolen. What to be on the lookout for? Wild finish in the second championship game on Sunday, and a Longhorn was in the middle of a very, very big play. I've got more on that coming up. Good morning, a live look outside again from our Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center camera. And in the next couple of days, we could see ice in this area throughout Central Texas. Kristen is back in a moment, but first this. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Super Bowl is set two very different championship games on Sunday. We start with the NFC, San Francisco and Philadelphia. Niners beating the Cowboys in the divisional round. Of course, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' best record in the NFC. And Devontae Smith, amazing catch. It appears on fourth down. They didn't challenge, no review. It would have been overturned and incomplete. Instead, it stands, and that leads to Miles Sanders' touchdown. Philly takes a 7-0 lead. And then Brock Purdy gets hit on the elbow. The 49ers third string quarterback that's taken him to the championship game and Purdy not only injured but he fumbled on the play. Philly doesn't score on that but Purdy is out and Josh Johnson comes in. The journeyman played with 14 different teams but never really played much. Gives it to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey with a dazzling run and this ball game is tied at seven. Here comes Philadelphia though. Sanders again and he finds the end zone, and Philly takes a 14-7 lead. And then Johnson loses the snap. Eagles pounce on it. They grab a 21-7 lead right before the half. And then things go from bad to worse for the Niners. Johnson gets blasted. He goes into concussion protocol. Hurts with the rushing touchdown. And they were down to Purdy, who couldn't throw. Didn't matter. This game was over. Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl as they win it 31-7. Second game of the day lived up to the height. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and a spectacular AFC Championship game in Kansas City. Mahomes with that bad ankle, but able to move around just enough. The touchdown right there to his favorite target, Travis Kelsey. It's 13-6. And then here comes Joe Burrow on third and six. T. Higgins goes up and gets it, and we're tied at 13. Third quarter, late in the third. Mahomes on the move, and he throws a strike. That touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but here comes... Cincinnati, Samaje Piran, the Hendrickson high product, ties it up at 20. Bengals had a chance, they had to punt it away. And then Chiefs, 21 seconds to go, no timeouts. Mahomes gets pressured by the former Longhorn, Joseph Osai, just throws it away. So it's third and four, 17 seconds to go. And Mahomes again, flushed out of the pocket, takes off, and Mahomes out of bounds at about the 40-yard line, but Osai, a late hit, no doubt about the call, and that's 15 more yards with eight seconds to go. Osai can only watch as Harrison Butker blasts it through, and that is it. Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl 23-20. to Osai sick, Patrick Mahomes celebrates, and it will be the Chiefs coached by Andy Reid against the Eagles, where he used to be the head coach in two weeks in Glendale, Arizona. Early line, the Chiefs a slight favorite. 
Good one tonight at the Moody Center. Longhorns back from a tough loss at Tennessee in that Big 12 SEC Challenge. Now they take on Red Hot Baylor. That's an 8 o'clock start tonight at Moody. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. To Leander ISD, teachers are now set to be married, going to the chapel. They shared one of the most special days of their lives with their students this week. Sydney Garris is a third grade teacher at Rutledge Elementary and PE teacher Parker English proposed to her inside one of the classrooms with the help of her students and other faculty. Video of the proposal shows students lined up outside Garris's classroom with signs spelling out, will you marry me? Right behind them was English, who walked in and got down on one knee. Garris said it was special being able to show those students what love really is. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> Look at that photo. So fun for those kids, too. Aww. And, and, you know, as a teacher, those are their little family members. Yeah, right. So to get the whole crew involved, I think that's very creative, hubby, yes. future hubby. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. we got a lot to talk about, friends. Not a whole lot showing up on radar yet. It's coming. Really, we are very certain that this is going to be something that unfortunately ties us up as far as the ice storm that starts today and continues through Wednesday. I'm showing you all the weather cameras that I have uh, kind of in my arsenal to keep an eye on what's going on out there. But look at the temperature downtown. 36 degrees, y'all. That's about as warm as it's going to be today. My forecast high is 37. We probably already hit it. Those temperatures are going down through the day. We are in those upper 20s to mid-30s as far as the air temperatures go. But look at your wind chills. Your wind chills already in the teens and 20s. These won't move. We are going to stay in the 20s as far as your feels like temperatures go all day long. So almost ignore these numbers. What I want you to focus on is the fact that it's mainly cloudy out there this morning. We are going to be looking at some light rain, light freezing drizzle and light freezing rain potential really through this morning into the later part of tonight. Like I said, the wind chills, as those as those numbers drop, it gets easier for things to freeze, right? Your wind chills are in the 20s by 3, 4 o'clock. What's important is the fact that as we get into the day, the elevated roadways, those overpasses, those bridges, they're going to be looking at air on both sides in the 20s here. So despite the fact that we were in the 70s yesterday, we are likely going to see a very quick drop in those elevated surfaces when it comes to temperature, meaning ice is easier to accumulate. Winter storm warning. This is brand new overnight. The National Weather Service upgraded most of our eastern counties into that winter storm warning. For most of us, it starts at 9 a.m. The exception, Lampasas, this kicks off at 6 a.m. for you guys. But look at the timing. This continues all the way till lunchtime Wednesday. So a good two and a half day ice storm kicks off this morning here in Central Texas. Let me walk you through it. As I put this into motion, you're going to notice some scattered showers, but because temperatures drop through the day, it probably starts as just plain old light rain. And then we see that conversion into the freezing drizzle and freezing rain. As we get into tonight, watch as this expands in coverage. I'm way more concerned about tomorrow's morning commute than I am of anything today. I think it could be a little dicey for the pickup for the hill country, but here in Austin, it's going to take a little while for those temperatures to drop. But by the time we hit tomorrow morning, we could see some accumulation here. Favorable accumulation will, will favor the hill country through the entire event. Not quite as much in our eastern counties, but watch as we get into Wednesday. Then everybody's got that chance of freezing drizzle. 
So how much could we see? This is one model's interpretation of ice. And so not the rain, just ice sticking to those elevated surfaces. We've got a quarter of an inch, maybe pockets of half an inch, and that will impact portions of the I-35 corridor. How much actual rainfall, so like meaningful precipitation? Not much, right? Especially when we see these kind of events, that shallow cold air. Cold air doesn't hold as much moisture as warm air, so that's why those rainfall totals look like that, and our ice totals look better. Now, seven-day forecast, you'll notice the temperatures won't move a whole lot here in Austin. We're going to stay in those mid to upper 30s in the afternoon. Hill country, you will not get above freezing for the next two and a half days. So that's why I'm most concerned about you, because I don't think you'll see any thawing at all. Temperatures overnight flirting with freezing here in Austin, which is why the morning commute's the biggest concern. By Thursday morning, rain and thunderstorms. Thursday afternoon, we're dry, and we ride those dry skies into the later part of the weekend. But Really, for the next two and a half days, make sure you're staying up to date with us. Overnight models drop temperatures significantly. If you watch Nick Bannon last night at 10 p.m., his high temperatures were in the low 40s. I'm going mid to upper 30s now. So this is one of those forecasting events we're trying to keep up with the models and the new data. And unfortunately, it's trending towards a more significant ice event than it is not. So we'll continue to keep an eye on not only those ice impacts, but school delays, road impacts, all of the above right here on KXAN. Thank you, Kristen. A California City honored the hero who disarmed a gunman during Lunar New Year celebrations in Monterey Park. It's been more than a week since the mass shooting at the Star Ballroom Dance Studio. The shooter killing 11 people and injuring nine others. The city of Alhambra honoring Brandon Stay with a medal of courage over the weekend. Stay wrestled the gun away from the shooter at a second ballroom after that initial shooting. A new book published this month is shedding light on the work the University of Texas is doing to help people who stutter. Journalist John Hendrickson published his memoir, Life on Delay, Making Peace with a Stutter. It's about his journey towards accepting his stutter. In his research, he spoke with participants at the Arthur M. Blank Center for Stuttering Education and Research at UT. For 20 years, the center has focused on building confidence and advocacy for people with a stutter, as opposed to training it out of them. Stuttering is just the natural way that they talk, and all that you need to do as a listener is, is to listen and to provide them with the same that you would want, and that is someone just to hear what you say, let you say it how you want to, um, and, and to stay engaged with that person. To learn more about the research at UT, find this story on KXAN.com. Yeah, I'm sure it's helping a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, from blood work to a complete physical exam, many patients want the works. Right. But what's really necessary each year? NBC's Dinah Blair talked to a group of doctors who have some surprising and practical advice. Not everyone needs an annual checkup. That's the key message from Northwestern Medicine researcher David Liss, who helped craft new guidelines from the Society of General Internal Medicine. Uh, when you do go in, you don't necessarily need a physical exam. Instead of an exam, think of visits as checkups, and that checkup may not include a comprehensive physical exam or routine lab testing. When you talk about unnecessary testing, you can often have false positive results. And when you have false positive results, that can lead to more testing. Uh, patient worry, patient anxiety. 
So who should get annual checkups? People ages 65 and older top the list, as well as those who are overdue for recommended preventative care, patients at high risk of undiagnosed chronic illness, and those who rate their health as poor or fair. So in these groups, there's a lot of reason why annual checkups can be quite helpful. There are some basic tests and preventative screenings that are recommended for otherwise healthy or asymptomatic patients. Get your blood pressure checked and have your body mass index assessed. If previous blood work lab results were normal, have your blood glucose and lipid levels checked every three to five years. All patients should stay up to date on vaccinations and cancer screenings. That includes colonoscopies and cervical cancer screening, plus mammography for women. People who are already regularly getting primary care, there's a good chance that these uh, many conditions are, are being detected. When it comes to unnecessary procedures, according to the new guidelines, there are several patients can skip. The physician group does not recommend daily home glucose monitoring in patients with type 2 diabetes who are not using insulin, routine preoperative testing before low-risk surgical procedures, cancer screening in adults with life expectancy of less than 10 years, peripherally inserted central catheters for patient or provider convenience. Unfortunately, there can be a lot of harm that can uh, sort of result from some of these kinds of tests. The recommendations are part of the Society of General Internal Medicine's Choosing Wisely campaign. Yeah, I think a lot of people just assume to get the works right. when they go, and uh, it's it's nice to know that that's not always I required. know, although some of those things on the list, I was like, oh, I guess I need to <laughs> book some of that. Yeah. It seems like a lot on my to-do list to add, but it would be nice to fit it all in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.